in our mix. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. <clears throat> I, I do always uh, have that sense of honouring when we uh, come to St Albans, and thank you for that, uh, John and your team. And Sandra, it's um, always a joy to really be with you. Um, I know that um, you know the Lord always seems to work in different ways as we travel in different circumstances. But I, I just want to encourage you this morning. I just had a strong sense uh, when I was praying early this morning that there was uh, folks that had kind of thought, I'm, I'm going to try church this morning. I'm going to come along and to see what uh, God has got for me. And I, I want to encourage that person. I, I sense that there's been a, a time of, you know, walking your own way, and God is calling you to come and walk with him this morning. So I want to encourage you to respond to the opportunity for one of the leaders of myself to pray for you, just to come to the full knowledge of who God is in your life and who Christ Jesus is. So I want to really say to you, don't leave without getting prayer this morning and getting just some acknowledgement about what God is doing for you. Um, I sense that it was a time where you were a burnt stone and God wants you to be a living stone in the house of the Lord. A time of healing of things of old. That God says, no, no, I want to restore back to you the joy of your salvation, the joy of who you are and who I am to you. Um, I really believe God's saying that this morning. He wants to express his love to you and bring healing. There might be more than one person like that this morning that God is speaking to. So I want to encourage you to pursue that in God. Second thing I want to add is that I, I sense there's a healing anointing in this church, um, in St. Albans as a people. As we heard one testimony, I believe you're going to hear many more testimonies about God's healing power and that there's going to be a flow of healing. So let me encourage you, press into that river. You see, the river of God that's flowing today in the church is to bring the healing virtue of Jesus in a greater manifestation of his spirit on the lives of those that respond to God. And I believe we need to respond, show our faith in God, and he will meet us at that point of need. Amen. And, you know, I'm sure there will be time at the end to pray for healing. And um, so I want to speak to any lingering disorders that have been on people's lives this morning, areas of cancers. And I want to take authority that God has given us. You know, there is a sense of the exhaustive power of God that he's given the church. That means the right to act on behalf of God. That's that exhaustive power. The authority that God gave the church is in the area of healing and miraculous works. I believe we're entering a time of miraculous works in the house. So let me encourage you, press in. You'll get what you press into God for. Amen. So this morning, I just want to share a little bit around um, my encounter with the Lord a few weeks ago. When I was uh, in my sleeping time, um, half awake, half a sleep time, you know, the fourth watch between <clears throat> sort of three o'clock and six o'clock in the morning is often God's time of connecting with us. We wake up and we think, well, I've just woken up to uh, 
you know, see the time on the clock. No, no, God's woken you so that he can speak to you and you can speak back to God. So it's a time of interaction with God in the early hours when we rested and we're sort of in that place of opportunity to hear from the Lord. And the Lord said to me, these are the days, these are the days of Elijah. And I kind of sat up and pondered that for a while. And then I really felt that God was speaking to me about where the church is today and what he's doing and about to do in many cases. And the scripture that came to me is in Luke one seventeen, and it reads like this. He will, and this is Gabriel, the angel Gabriel speaking about um, John the Baptist before he was born. It says, he will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And I want to just emphasize that, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. I believe God is getting us the body of Christ in a, in a much more advanced stage of preparation for his second coming. The church has been prepared, made strong, and God is calling us to become discipled again. That's why there's such an emphasis on discipleship making today in the body of Christ. Why? Because God wants you and I to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So when John went into the desert to perform his ministry as a young age, it says he went into the desert until the day of his manifestation uh, before Israel, and he became strong in spirit. You see, you and I will become strong in spirit as we allow the work of the Lord to continue to minister into our lives and we become strong disciples to bring the message of hope to our generation. And if you look at uh, John, uh, the first chapter of John verse 6, it says about John, in, he was a man sent by God. And I want you to pick something up here. The word sent means apostello. It means they, he was sent with an apostolic call and mission to bring the news that Jesus was coming and that he was to prepare the way of the Lord. I believe the church today is really an apostolic uh, call, an apostolic church, an apostolic mission that is on us. The apostello of God means we are sent out. Our mission and our calling is to go out and impact people in community, in our cities, in our nation, and to bring the news of Jesus Christ. That is our apostolic mandate by God to go. Once we come to Jesus and we encounter him, he prepares us and then he says, I'm making you ready to go. I'm sending you out. And let me speak to you today, those that have a call and a desire to go on missions and to be missioned by God to do something and commissioned, We've got to be obedient to that because that was Jesus' command in Matthew 28. He, you know, he, when he spoke the words to his disciples, he said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Now go and make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I am with you until the end of the age. So God is with us in this commissioning. That's why it's called the Great Commission. But before the commissioning takes place, 
there's a command, and the command is to come to Jesus so that you can be commissioned to go in his name. And I believe that's the mission on the church today, is that we call to impact the city of Christchurch, where you are resident and where you planted. God is going to use something amazing in your life to touch lives and families in a unique way. So the call of God for us is to go out, to be sent by the Lord. And when I look at the, you know, apostolic, uh, and I'm not calling the church apostles, in some ways there are apostles in the church today, but the mandate of apostello means that we always have a mission and an eye looking out to the lost in our community. And we look to see where they are, what we can do to reach them, and what is the good news that, you know, Jesus came to bring through his church and through you and I. And when we recognize that, we get inspired by God to go and fulfill that great commission. God, send me. And if you look at Jesus' uh, constant um, you know, command to us and encouragement to us to look and see, behold, look and see for the fields. You see, God wants us to see something about our community that they can't see. We, we see through the eyes of Jesus and we bring the good news about what God is doing. And I want to, you know, just encourage you that I believe the church is in a transitional shift at the moment. We are a generation that God is preparing so that we can be forerunners of what has been called upon us to bring the news. That's what John was. He was a forerunner in his time. And I believe we are in very changing and challenging times, but we have to be the forerunner of the news that Jesus is coming again. And we have to be strong enough to withstand the persecution that comes against that message. You see, because the persecution is anti-anything to do with Jesus, but we come along with the love of God and we bring the news that Jesus is alive and well and that he's healing and changing hearts in a very unique way. So the restitution of times and seasons is where we are now, and God is bringing us into a greater measure of his anointing, his understanding of love, and how to reach people in a very unique way. So let me encourage you to, you know, be open to the Lord, because the church has come alive for such a time as this. Your life is to serve the Lord, and your calling, God will initiate opportunities, like hearing that testimony in the marketplace. I love that because I think the marketplace is our fields of opportunity today. And God wants to use you and I to bring the good news in a sometimes a hostile environment, but when we trust God, he uses us in a very unique way. And, you know, one of the things that I want to, you know, say to you this morning that just to consider the times and seasons we're in, very similar to the book of Acts, when the early church was baptized in the Spirit and they were given an instruction by the Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, don't leave Jerusalem until you are endowed with the Spirit to come and receive the promise of the Father. In Acts 1, they received the promise that the Father was going to pour out his Spirit and then in the book of Acts, it says, the Holy Spirit came upon them. Acts 1.8, it says, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. Yeah. You see, 
for you and I to be a forerunner and to be part of what God is doing right now. We are going to be the witness of who Jesus is. And we receive and we need power to be a witness for God. That's what John was. He was a witness of the coming of Christ. But when Christ had come, he pointed everyone to Jesus. And our role is to point people to the Lord. And we can see that happening in the church today. We are The centrality of Christ is becoming more and more evident to us. We are pointing people back to the Lord in a very real way. So once you receive power, you will be a witness. John was the witness, and he said, I am not the one sent by, you know, he said, I am a witness to the light that is coming. And you and I are a witness to that light that is coming back. And I want to say to you, let your light shine. I believe one of the hallmarks of your church is that you are a light to your community and a light to your city. That means you shine brighter each time God sends you out. There's a light that shines through your light through your life and through your heart because you, you're a witness for Christ. So you and I, as we share about Jesus, you know, the, our obligation is to just share about the love of God and how God has arrested us and what he's done to change us. You see, when you're a witness, you bear testimony to what God has done for you. And the testimony of the church is a very powerful thing when we bring, you know, the centrality of Jesus in our lives. The enemy can go after many things, but he can't steal your testimony because it bears witness to what God has done in your life. And when you go out and you share, you're going to be a witness to what God has done for you. And that incredible testimony, the word testimony means God do it again. God repeat what you've done. So when we hear a testimony of healing, God is in the process of repeating that. Wherever the Ark of the Covenant went or the Ark of the Testimony went, the power of God was released and people understood the presence of God had come in the midst of Israel and they never marched before the presence of God in the Ark of Testimony was ahead of them. Really, our life is much the same. We allow the testimony of God to go before us. When we tell people about our life and how it has changed, because of Jesus, that bears witness to the light that has come into our hearts. And God wants you to be that witness today in an amazing way. It says this in Acts 3.19, Repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. You see, one of the things that I've learned is that as I press into God and I allow him to do the refreshing work of the spirit in my life, my life becomes a, a greater testimony of God. And I want to say to you, today the church has been called to be that incredible testimony. You see, when the people came to John and they said, John, who are you? Um, are you the Messiah? He said, no, 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 I'm not the Messiah. Are you a prophet? No, I'm not a prophet either. Are you Elijah? No, I'm not Elijah. And then he made the statement, he said, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness to make way the straight, the ways of the Lord. You see, I believe that voice that he echoed throughout eternity, that voice that he was is the voice that God is establishing in the church today. We are a voice. And somehow, sometimes the, the world doesn't take notice of the voice, but God is restoring the voice within his house. 
that we will have a voice that will cry out and speak about the preparation of lives for the Lord. The Lord is restoring the church to be his mouthpiece in a greater way than, ever, than, ever, than any other time in history. Because God wants us to speak for him and declare that he is the way, the truth, and the life. We will make straight the way for people. They won't go a crooked way. They won't go off the purposes of God. Why? Because we're declaring that Christ is our is this church rising up. You see, in that first scripture that I read in Luke one seventeen, it says the turning of the hearts of the fathers to this generation. Why? Because God is speaking to a, a, a generation that has been the most fatherless generation on the face of the earth. And he's causing the fathers and the mothers in faith to rise up and to take their calling and responsibility to bring the news to the next generation. We are called to rise and bring the good news. So fathers and mothers, let me encourage you today, bring the good news of Jesus. Because it's, you know, what the angel Gabriel was speaking about when he spoke about John. He said he was really repeating Malachi 4 five and six where it says the turning uh, of the hearts of the fathers to this generation and that the hearts of the sons back to the to the fathers at least i come and strike the earth with a curse you see the curse of prodigals and the curse of orphans needs to be broken over the earth and the fathers and mothers have to rise so that we can speak to the next generation in the marketplace, in the universities, in the schools, in the church, in those that are out there that are waiting to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, fathers and mothers, let me encourage you. You have a heart that says, yeah, Lord, send me. I'm going to go after those young men. I'm going to go after those young women. And I'm going to bring the news that Jesus is a well in life. So look for that opportunity. Why? Because the heart of our Father... Our heavenly father is like that father that saw the prodigal a long way off and he ran to greet the prodigal and he embraced the prodigal and he gave him a holy kiss. Why? Because the son said this, that had been a prodigal, that means a wasteful living. Many are in the world that have been wasting, uh, living a wasteful life, not knowing Jesus. But when they come to their senses, it says, the young man said, I must return to my father's house. What a powerful, you know, revelation to have. I need to return to my father's house. Why? So that he knew that's where we would find restoration and restitution for those things that had happened to his life. And what did the father do? He didn't scold him. He didn't tell him, I told you so. He embraced him with a kiss, put a ring on his finger gave him the authority to trade and to recognize the family name again, put a robe upon him and said, I'm covering you with my righteousness. You see, that's what the father's doing. He's covering the church with his righteousness. He says, I'll put a, you know, sandals on your feet. It speaks about the preparation of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. The feet speak about carrying the, the piece of good news, the the message of the good news of Jesus. And I believe God is reclothing us again in many ways that even though we are dealing with people that are far away from God, he's giving us a strategy of love. 
to embrace and to speak the good news of the Lord. And I see that happening more and more. So the turning of the hearts, so that the wisdom of the, the just may be fulfilled. Uh, God's calling us as the righteousness of Christ to rise in our authority in the Lord. So one of the good things about um, what God is doing is, you know, causing us to stand up in our apostello ministry too. And, you know, what the apostolic does, it comes against the giants of the land. And, you know, where there's been divination and witchcraft, and that's what the Elijah's spirit did. When Israel went into apostasy, God raised up a man to speak to the king and to turn the people's hearts back to God. And today I wonder whether, you know, we, we need that voice to be clear, to remind people about Jesus and about the goodness of the love of the Father so that these things can come under the lordship of God. So there's a, an apostolic voice rising in the church today. I really sense that in a very strong way because God wants us to, you know, not only be missionaries to the nations, but missionaries to our own nation and bring the good news. So the emphasis, I believe, is going to be around New Zealand to see the church be that missionary voice. As we've been a voice to many nations, God wants us to be a voice within our own nation again in a very real way. So as we travel around and we see God moving in the church, he's moving upon the hearts and the lives of the people that he's called. Why? Because we're a godly nation. We are New Zealand, a nation with the zeal of God about us. And God is releasing a passion within us again for the people of God, for the people in the nation that need to turn back to him. So if your voice is... Uh, being prepared, let me encourage you. You're hearing something from the Lord. There's a boldness coming on you that God wants to use in a very powerful way. So whole, the whole of creation is groaning for the emerging of the sons of God. And, and I believe that's such a relevant uh, timing for us that the sons and daughters are rising because they're hearing something within the house and they prepare to go out and minister to the Lord in a very unique way. So there's a command for us, go and make disciples. And I love that because God is speaking to young people and old people of every nation, of every color, of every creed. And, and he said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That means there's an anticipation today of God doing some work in us where the spirit of God has been released. And we are seeing a coming to the Lord of many, many families Many, many children that have gone their own way, they are coming back to God. Why? Because God is pouring out his spirit on us in a unique way. So let me encourage you, go after these things in God, because this is the time that, you know, God wants to speak to us as a nation and as a people prepared for the Lord. You know, one of the things that I've, I've noticed when I was reading scripture, that in Acts 4, the disciples have a have a, a difficult time and certain things happen to them and, and when I relate that to today's times I want to just uh, share with you what um, I noticed here when I wrote down you see because there's a clash of kingdoms today there's the the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of of this world and there's a clash 
in the spirit in many ways. That's why the church has been called to prayer. The church has been called to a place of spiritual warfare as never before. Why? Because darkness is rising, but the light of the power of God is rising even more. There's a tide that is coming forth. That's why the church is called to be watchmen over the word of God, watchmen over families, and watchmen over the nation to fulfill its mandate in God. We are a godly nation that God's saying, come on, church, I'm with you. I will battle for you. I will go before you and fight this fight. Just link with me and agree with me, and we will see the clash of kingdoms come down. You see, we're living in a realization and an expectation of God doing some amazing things. Let us be that people that live in that faith realm that can speak to the mountain and command it to shift in prayer over families, over lives, over our community. Because if the church rises to its full capacity and we release the apostello upon us, we will reach communities and we will see hearts and lives changed. You see, even Elijah, Elijah knew that he had to fight the enemy, but he had to fight the enemy in many ways on his knees. When he went up to Mount Carmel to pray, it says he put his head between his knees and he prayed and he said to his servant, is there any sign of rain coming? And his servant looked and said, nothing out there. He put his head down again and he prayed. He said to his servant, have a look, is there anything happening? Nothing's happening. The third time he did that, he said, is there anything happening? He said, no. That's a little bit like us. You know, we look and we don't see a lot happening. But the Lord's saying, be persistent in your prayer. Get your head down between your knees and pray. On the seventh time, Elijah said to his servant, what can you see? He said, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. He said, go and tell Ahab, there's an abundance of rain coming. Let me say to you, there's an abundance of rain coming to us if we do not give up. If we persist and we keep on pressing in the abundance of the promise of God, the reign of God, not the R-A-I-N, but the R-E-I-G-N, the reign of God will come for his church and for his people. God's saying he's looking for a people that will be faithful to the end. Amen. That will press in to see the move of God that is promised in the end time church to rise up. So when we call to be witnesses, let me say to you, there will be some opposition. If we look at Acts 4, 13 to 21, it says this. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled and they realized that these men had been with Jesus. So let me encourage you today. It's not about our educational standard or, or uh, commitment in this area. And I believe in training and equipping and, you know, going to equip ourselves in the word. I really believe that. But it's about having faith in Jesus and our interaction with him. These men had been with Jesus. Now, that's my prayer for us. Let people know that we have encountered Jesus on the journey. And a bit further on, they, they try to silence these men because a great notable healing had taken place. So they said to themselves, uh, what shall we do with these men? For indeed, a notable miracle has taken place. Verse 17, 
But so they spread no further this news. Let us severely threaten them that no one will speak to men again in this name. You see, the world is trying to silence the message in us about speaking that name above every other name. So don't be put off. It says, but Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. And then it says in verse 20, very important scripture, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. You see, we're going to be that witness to speak the words that we've seen and heard. We're going to be that voice that's going to declare that Jesus is alive and well. And then it goes on, and these men pray for boldness. And I, I want to just share this with you in my closing of what I have to say this, this morning. And uh, I wrote it down here. I love what it says in Acts 4, verse 29. Now, Lord, look at their threats. Grant to your, your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. That's, a, that's something for us. Your servants, that with all boldness we will speak your word. Verse 30, by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of the holy servant Jesus. Verse 31, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. You see, I believe that for us. We need to be in a preparation place of believing God for boldness and for the outpouring of his spirit upon the church again and upon our lives. So it speaks a lot in the early part of, of the book of Acts about the Holy Spirit's activity on the church. And I believe we can't do the work without that activity and the filling of the Holy Spirit. If there's anyone here today that is not filled with the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you come forward and let the team pray for you. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Gives you a sense of boldness and mission about your life. And everything that you see in Christ will change. And you will have a burning desire within your heart to serve the Lord. The goodness of God burns within when you're filled with the Spirit. And you want to do things that you've never done before for God. You become a witness for you, your household, and for your friends and your colleagues, and for the nation that you live in. God wants some bold witnesses today. So my prayer is, God, let us respond to you so that we can be a witness for you, so that we can be sent out to touch community and bring the name of Jesus into a place of opportunity to see lives changed and healed. Amen.